0: Hello and welcome, my name is Marpia Sondergaard, I'm a texture artist in visual effects, welcome to my podcast. Let's be honest, a life and a career as a working artist can be very fulfilling, but it's not for the faint of heart, it's filled with challenges and obstacles, and the path forward is not always clear or simple. On this podcast, we discuss all of this openly and honestly with experienced artists who have already walked that road. That's why I call it the Naked Texture Artist. There are many podcasts that focus on and celebrate all the big achievements in visual effects and animation. But my career as a texture artist has not been one unending victory lap. So personally, I'm more interested in learning how my fellow artists handle the hard things, when things don't work, when things break. Of when we were expected to produce the impossible. All of that stuff that takes place behind the curtain. So I invite you to join me on this journey. Hopefully together we can learn from the artist who went before us, save ourselves some scars and some tears, and increase our joy as working artists. Welcome to the Naked Texture Artist. Before we start, As a preface, or an episode zero, if you will, I wanted to talk briefly about my motivations, the reasons I have, and the ideas I have for this podcast. I already touched on it in the intro you just heard, but allow me to speak for a moment a little bit more in-depth about what purpose this podcast serves, why I want to spend my time creating this, and why you should consider spending your time and attention listening to it. How can we best describe the dilemma of being an artist? How do I explain it? As an artist, we do not choose this life. And I think if we had the choice, we probably wouldn't choose this life of being an artist. To others, to people on the outside, it may look glamorous, because we are able to conjure things out of nothing. We're able to make things that never happened or existed before, and it just looks like magic. And in moments, it does feel like magic to live that life. But the secret that all artists know is that it is a very difficult life to live. These gifts that we've been given that we have that other people do not have They are both a blessing and a curse that sword a double-edged sword it comes at the edge That sort of cuts ourselves. is what should we say? It comes with the artist temperament and a couple of key parts of that is introversion for example typically artists are introverted people And we need that it's good for the long hours of concentration and focus that is required to produce something outstanding however the flip side of that that is also very bad for you to keep staying in your head for all that time and and keep pushing everything your focus inward so that that means you're blaming yourself for things that that are going wrong even if they're outside of your control It means that you stay in your head instead of reaching out to other people, your fellow artists, which if you did, would probably teach you that, you know what, no, you're not crazy. And two, your problems are quite common and there might even be solutions to these problems. But we don't naturally find these things because we don't naturally reach out. We don't naturally share that part of ourselves freely with with people around us. And this leads us to a life that is often riddled with self-doubt. There's no cloud without a silver lining, isn't that how the saying goes? And even self-doubt is useful because it helps keep pushing us to higher and higher heights, higher and higher levels of quality. But it is also, more than that, a very heavy thing to carry around with you in your day-to-day life. And it is something that you not only carry but it's something that you rarely if ever have a break from carrying that weight around with you and then once you move from being a child where you know as children we freely express ourselves with art it's such a natural form of expression for any child wasn't it Matisse that said that uh, all children are artists and and an artist, as we think of them, are people that at will can go back to that child state. In any case, once you move from being a child, where you just carefree practice your art, and you move into the adult existence where now you have the pressure of turning your art into something that can pay rent, when that happens, I think you'll find. The world at large is not really well suited to artists fitting in and easily finding that home where they can make a living. That is another added pressure uh, and it is a it is a life where we often feel we have to bend ourselves out of shape in order to fit in and in order to just make ends meet. Another part of the artist's temperament is that creativity comes from our emotional center our feelings I sort of see it as we have these two opposing forces in us we have our logical rational thinking mind and then we have our emotions that go uh, completely counter to to rationality and uh, some things we can manage to create with uh, analysis from our thinking part of our mind but true creativity comes from this other weird chaotic place where we also have our feelings from and like everything it is a double-edged sword it is incredibly powerful because that means that the power that we, the energy that we can draw on as we're working as when we have our feelings engaged as artists as working artists when we're working on a commercial endeavor as well once we feel inspired once we're engaged with the task we can pull so much energy far beyond the commitment that other rational thinking people can muster uh, as they're trying to finish whatever they're working on however the blind spot, the blind side to all of that is that as we're working from an emotional place, we don't have sort of the rational thinking, clever mind that says, wait a minute, stop here for a moment. This is crazy. Uh, The situation that you're in right now doesn't make any sense um, or what you're asked to do is completely unrealistic or whatever it may be. We don't have that sort of clever voice in in our head the deeper we are in that emotional place. So we're completely vulnerable to being taken advantage of uh, by situations or by our own good nature or by other things. It's not even that it has to be malicious, but it just so happens. It could be outside third parties or it could even be ourselves as we're driving ourselves way harder than we ought to to be. And that is just another complex layer of this artist temperament that we're carrying around and that makes us who we are. And unfortunately also gives us a very difficult life as we're trying to navigate the working artist life. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with imposter syndrome Which is often where a lot of these uh, downsides to the artistic temperament leads us to. The imposter syndrome is the idea that even though you have worked successfully, even with awards and accolades and on the biggest projects, and your work has uh, made millions of dollars for your employers and so on and so forth, still, year after year, you feel like you're an imposter. You feel you are just on the verge of being discovered that one of these days, just one of these days, it's probably today, somebody's going to find you out, find out that you're no good, that you've just been faking it all along and you have no skills, no real talent, no ability, and that's going to be the end of you. This is a um, dark burden that a lot of artists uh, carry around with them and it can lead to a lot of shame and unspoken bad stuff that's not helpful that's not um, healthy for your mental health state and again this is that flip side of the coin of being an artist this is a edge of the double-edged sword that sort of cuts yourself so the life of an artist can be very fulfilling in moments but sadly by and large it is a very difficult one And this is before we even start weighing in all the unique challenges and problems that come from working in visual effects and animation. So I wanted to create this podcast to answer all those big questions, which have been challenges and roadblocks in my career, or challenges to my well-being and happiness. And in some cases, these questions are still plaguing me. They're still unanswered and puzzling me which is why I need to learn from my fellow artists. And where I managed to answer one question that was troubling me in the beginning of my career, or the middle of my career, then five new ones spring out in its place. It's, it's never-ending, this learning process. And I think that these issues are universal. So all other working artists should be able to learn and benefit from these learnings too. That's why I'm recording these conversations, that's why I'm publishing these conversations as podcasts, so that we all can benefit from them, not just me and whoever I happen to be talking to at the moment. I genuinely hope that this podcast will help me and you to lead a better and more fulfilling life as working artists, whether that's in visual effects or animation or whatever other medium you happen to work in. The first few podcasts will feature conversations I've had with three texture artists. They're long conversations. I think I spoke for two, three, four, five, maybe hours with each of them. And I'm trying to edit those conversations into smaller episodes. So there'll be multiple episodes with each artist. The first artist I talked to was Stephen Thornhill. Stephen and I worked together together. Back at my very first gig in the visual effects industry when uh, Digital Domain started a London office where he was one of the senior texture artists there. And uh, other than being a good friend and obviously a long-time colleague, he just struck me as something a little bit different. There is more to Steve than just turning up for work and painting textures and doing good work uh, from from 9 to 5. He is somebody who has also managed to um, exhibit his uh, personal artwork, paintings, and so on and so forth, and that that just uh, shows a whole different side to a texture artist. So a very well-rounded artist that uh, I have a lot of respect for. So he was uh, one of the first on my short list of uh, people I wanted to talk to. Among the first guests I had to include my good friend Manuel. Manuel, Puertas Machena, an artist from uh, Peru that I met when I first moved to Montreal, where we were working together at Atomic Fiction, uh, working on uh, Deadpool and other shows. Manuel is just an absolute bundle of joy. A rock-solid artist with so many facets. There's not much he can't do, and do well, I should add. And then at the same time, he does it all with a smile on his face. He's well-liked by everybody in the studios that he works in. And how does he do it? He's just an absolute ninja, you know, never breaking a sweat. So him and I, we have many, many frequent conversations about everything big and small in the visual effects world, Uh, our careers as texture artists, everything and anything that pertains to our work and i have a lot of respect for his opinion and his experience so it was a joy to sit down with him and i expect that i'll manage to uh, sort of uh, forcefully invite him back to the show many many times over the years because um, i i just need his opinions and experiences on so many areas where i lack strength he is strong so the episodes with manuel look forward to them Finally, I reached out to Miriam Catrin, a French texture artist that's been working for a long time for Weta. This came from a different angle. I Basically, I, I was looking at uh, assets, seminal assets from film history that I really enjoyed and was very impressed with. And you're sort of like trying to track down who painted the textures for this particular one. In this case, it was uh, Smaug, the dragon from uh, the Hobbit series of films and I found out that uh, Miriam Katrin also known as the Dragon Lady because she has an insatiable interest in all things dragon-like she was the the lead on that asset leading a team of uh, multiple texture artists uh, getting Smaug to the screen What a fantastic job that was. So I reached out to her, and she was ever so gracious with her time and her experiences and her opinions. And that is a fascinating conversation that you must not miss. I thoroughly enjoyed these conversations. So many thought-provoking insights that I have benefited from myself, and I can't wait to share it all with you. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. We have a tiny bit of housekeeping to do on the way out. If this episode has been helpful to you, why not share the podcast with your colleagues and friends? If you'd like to support the podcast, I'd appreciate if you bought me a coffee. You can do that on coffee. That is spelled ko-fi.com forward slash the Naked Texture Artist, one word. If you have suggestions, comments, or questions, I'd love to hear them. Feel free to drop me a line on the Naked Texture Artist at gmail.com. That is the Naked Texture Artist written out in all one word at gmail.com. As I mentioned, having a busy day job in visual effects means my release schedule for this podcast can be a bit irregular so if you don't want to miss out subscribe to the Naked Texture Artist wherever you get your podcasts or follow the podcast on the socials then you'll be alerted when the next episode drops the music in this episode was Awake by Tycho Nick Sifoni helped put the sound together and everything else was done by me your host Mark-Pierre Sondergaard speak to you soon